first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from New York Magazine and the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher. Scott Galloway is auditioning for the role of Professor X in the new Marvel movie. So today I'm joined by producer, writer, and social activist, and one of my favorite people, really, Monica Lewinsky. Welcome, Monica. Hey, Kara. Good morning. How's it going? What's going on? We talked last. We had the most amazing podcast interview for Sway. Um, people loved it. It was really a wonderful interview, and you were in the midst of your of your various and sundry uh, production stuff. So I love to know what's get an update from you. Um, I uh, I am loving producing, and I'm mm-hmm. kind of been crazy busy. I have, I think seven projects in various stages of development. So wow. I, I'm learning the process and uh, kind of also how slow sometimes the business can be. Oh, and yeah. That, yeah. Yes. And that, you know, selling a show doesn't necessarily mean it'll end up on TV, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's um it's been really interesting. I'm learning a lot, yeah, you had, so I feel you grateful. You two out of the park right at the beginning. You were a producer on American Crime Story, mm-hmm. just impeachment, American Crime Story. And then you did your, which I thought that was perfectly fine, but I really loved your uh, bullying uh, documentary. Oh. So what were the repercussions yeah. of that from your, we talked a lot about that issue. In terms of the 15 minutes of shame documentary or, Mm -hmm. okay, well, I think that, you know, what was amazing is we heard from people the exact kind Mm -hmm. of conversation we were hoping to hear people having of Mm -hmm. being really sort of shown a human side of what happens when we start down that kind of cancel spiral, both Mm -hmm. when it is warranted and when it's not. Uh, Mm -hmm. And just getting people to really think about their behavior online. But let me ask you, I mean, people, one of the things I was thinking that because I was on a panel yesterday uh, on a PBS panel and George Farmer from Parlor was there, which is, we mm. get along rather well, which is shocking. Um, <laughs> but he was talking about graciousness in terms of being able, one of the things is people have to take control of it. I was making the point that some of it's addictive and people lose their minds when they're on social media. Mm-hmm. Um and and at the same time, some people take advantage of it. And that's, you know, I, I, Donald Trump's a perfect example, a constant victim. Or they become grievance grifters, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm, you know, you can't pile on. And so it's hard to separate the stories you told, which I thought were very fair, versus people who are taking advantage of it. Do you think that's gotten better or worse since you did the documentary? Um, I think that we're seeing... I think we're probably seeing more of it as the Mm -hmm. cancel culture conversation continues and gets bigger Mm -hmm. and bigger. And, you Mm -hmm. know, something I think I I advocated for when when we spoke last fall um, is really trying to parse out this umbrella of cancel culture. I think we, you know, Mm -hmm. consequence culture is, you know, and um, accountability as you and Roxanne Gay have kind of talked about it. And that would, I think, help us separate out people um, like the people that were in the documentary who are regular people whose lives are unbelievably impacted, whether they've made a mistake or not, um, versus people who are in the public But in terms of the stepping into a victim mode more in public people of being pounded on, you know, on Mm -hmm. social media. um, Yeah, we do. I think that there's people are looking for attention no matter 
no matter what. But I, I, I actually want to go back to what you were saying about what Farmer was saying to you with the graciousness, because they think that something I've been thinking a lot about, you know, on for online, but also offline is really around the idea of dignity. And just like, how do we, how do we afford people more dignity? Um, even people I may not agree with uh, politically. Um, so, but I think that sort of goes hand in hand with graciousness, you know, in terms of um, getting people to to step into that more because it's a choice, right? Right. You know. Right. Well, at the same time, I was thinking about it because, you know, there there is a grievance economy. There's an, you know, mm-hmm. I'm mad at Dr. Seuss. I'm mad at, whether it's for political or for money or for selling blogs or podcasts. Yeah. There is a bit of that going on. And at the same time, People do pile on. It's it's a very difficult thing because you cannot separate the two from each other and the medium, which is naturally addictive, naturally, you know, uh, hair trigger, anger, mm-hmm. rage, and things like that. Well, I think, too, we talk about it in the doc and we call it mm-hmm. outrage culture. So mm-hmm. I think that those can live side by side in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that people are, uh, th- they're finding more and more ways to just get <laughs> more attention and mm-hmm. I think manipulate things. And unfortunately, often the people who are doing that are the loudest and get the most attention. So right. that instances where uh, we might actually want to be reevaluating how we're behaving become harder mm-hmm. to see. Yeah, it totally does. So what are you working on? So what's after that? What is the topics that you're working on? Give us an idea. Yeah. I mean, I'm really focused. So I have a first look deal at 20th Television, so I'm focused Mm -hmm. on scripted TV at the moment and really interested in everything from, you know, kind of seeing stories that we think we know through a different lens to Mm -hmm. uh, stories that show different aspects of women that we know about, but we maybe don't pay enough attention to. Um, Mm -hmm. Something on privacy. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's I, I'm call really, me up for that one. <laughs> yeah, but these are all scripted, so it's mm-hmm. it's a whole new world. It's really a whole new world for me. And um, fortunately, all the people I'm working with have been really patient when I'm sort of, mm-hmm. you know, don't know all the lingo, because uh, that's always the first thing you have to do in an, a new industry, right? Is learn all the lingo. Can Can I give you a pro tip? Yes. They're not that smart. <laughs> They're not. As, <laughs> they are. It's not that hard. It's not that hard. I think so much of our world, right? I mean, even uh-huh. think about what we're talking about right now about the you know grievance economy mm-hmm. and stuff. In an, another way to say it is, it's storytelling, right? So it's people with their narratives and storytelling. So you know, we um, we think about what what influences the stories that get told and and the ones that don't. So right, um, right. I'm in a very lucky phase right now because I'm I'm so new at this where I haven't mm-hmm. had a lot of rejection. So I'm like, right. this is amazing. I love producing, but um, <laughs> I'm really good at this. Yeah. Okay. All right. So today we'll talk about a lot of things, including how social media is holding men accountable for their bad behavior. We'll also unpack the latest update in the Trump investigation. And we'll hear from a listener about staying healthy on social media. But first, an update from last week in our last Last episode, Molly Wood and I talked about Germany's plan to keep three nuclear power plants online as part of an effort to free itself from Russian fuel. But over the weekend, Germany changed tack and announced that it will shut down those nuclear plants. After all, it's going to be a cold winter in Germany, I suspect, because things are not getting better there. Uh, in other news, uh, let's talk about a few things. Brian Stelter is out at CNN after the cancellation of Reliable Sources. Stelter did one last show on Sunday. Let's listen to a clip of his sign-off. Here's what I do know. I know it's not partisan to stand up for decency and democracy and dialogue. It's not partisan to stand up to demagogues. It's required. It's patriotic. We must make sure we don't give platforms to those who are aligned to our faces. 
But we also must make sure we are representing the full spectrum of debate and representing what's going on in this country and in this world. That's why CNN needs to be strong. All right. So CEO David Zaslav of the parent company Warner Brothers Discovery is trying to find $3 billion in cost savings. I doubt Brian's that much of a drop in the bucket for that. But some think this was part of a plan to make the network less opinionated. Key shareholder John Malone has called for CNN to return to nonpartisan coverage. At the same time, Chris Lick met with Republican lawmakers, apparently, talking about earning back trust. Um, uh, Talk a little bit about this, because as someone who's been the subject of that kind of demagoguery, speaking of which, and also you you watch it and you've, you've done documentaries about it. What do you think about this idea of moving back to the center and not being quite as uh, political in, in, on cable, for example? I feel as if it's something that could be lead us down a bad path. And it's something that could actually maybe lead to something that we need, which is... Mm-hmm. I highly doubt Fox News is going to change how they do news. Mm -hmm. And wouldn't it be better to have something that's an alternative that might pull some people? I'm not Mm -hmm. a media Mm -hmm. expert, so I don't know. I Mm -hmm. mean, it's some of where I think. I know Brian just from Twitter, and he seems Mm -hmm. like a really lovely person. So it feels on a personal level, it feels like, oh, this is this is not supposed to happen to the good people. Um, Mm -hmm. So uh, he got really he became the subject of a lot of right wing attacks, you know, Mm -hmm. no matter what he did. And sometimes he made mistakes, you know, but at the same time, he oh, he's human. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But one of the things I was thinking about is if he had had if it had it had been working at CNN and the ratings were higher, they keep doing it. So this is all sort of a canard to John Malone. to talk about it, because if it works, they if they had a Fox News situation, you're right, Fox News isn't going to change. Mm-hmm. And if CNN had a, had as big ratings and they don't, um, they would stick with that if it works, in my estimation. I don't think it's good for society, any of it, by the way. What, what don't you think is good? Just trying to have that, a that, more that, that, neutral news? Not neutral. It's just news. Just there is news, right? right? Not the constant commentary. And I get exhausted uh, watching it. I can't watch cable news anymore because even if I agree, I'm sort of horrified with it at the same time. But Fox is very good at it. Has become, mm-hmm. And the people who watch Fox are very motivated to be angry all the time. Right. Well, I think that we have seen sort of the, you know, more punditry that's there is there. Mm-hmm. There is also... Um, you know, it does become kind of more like online. It's about the mm-hmm. outrage culture. It's about stirring people up, getting mm-hmm. reactions. Uh, so that's disconcerting. And and if the neutral, more neutral becomes the whataboutism, that's certainly mm-hmm. not where we want to go either. Um, mm-hmm. Bradley Whitford had a great tweet yesterday. He's a very good tweeter. Yeah, he's very good. Um, and uh, he was saying something about, you know, it's like it's not a journalist's job if, if if it's raining outside to put someone on saying, well, uh, it's not raining, you know, it's just, mm-hmm. it's sunny out. Say what it is. Exactly. That, that, it that is. it's not a journalist's job to show both sides of the weather, I think, really. Right. That's exactly so. right. But one of the things I've noticed, you've not, you're not really on punditry. You could easily have made a career of this, correct? You could have been a I could see you on The View. I've certainly had offers. (laughs) I've tried to navigate a path that uh, has just felt right to an inner compass. And Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if that's always, I've always made the right decisions, but Mm -hmm. I have relied on that inner compass and and being able to get advice, just take really smart people's temperatures, Mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. and results. Yeah, I could see you 
them wanting someone like you on there for lots of reasons, right? And then you do the hot takes, the constant hot takes. Yeah. Which I, um, is all, yeah, I, I like yeah. being behind the camera more. So yeah, well, you could. I mean, yeah, I could see you on these shows. By the way, Stelzer is already making close to a million dollars annually at CNN. Still not very much money if they're trying to cut three billion. Seems small. Uh, but we'll see what happens at that network. It's. Um, I think they have many more challenges at CNN and also Warner itself than just this kind of stuff, which takes a lot of attention. They have a really serious problem as I've said many times, uh, which I think irritated David Zaslav, but they're too small. They're just too small and too much debt, and they're going to have to sell CNN at some point. Oh, interesting. That's, That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, You know, one thing, I, I guess I should also say for full disclosure, because we've mentioned my doc, that mm-hmm. my doc is on mm-hmm. HBO Max, which mm-hmm. is now owned okay. by. Um, but I, I, what I wonder is, or what I wish, and maybe this is just I'm too Pollyanna-ish, um, mm-hmm. I wish they had given Brian an opportunity to to change, to either mm-hmm. to make a show, a different show that was sort of more in line with what they were looking for or something different because he, I think he did have a trusted, his, he had a lot of trust from his audience and that, mm-hmm. that has seemed to be something we don't have enough of in news, in my opinion. Interesting. I thought they were just throwing him to the, it was just a thing to the right. Here you go. We killed, oh. like the same thing with CNN Plus. They needed to save money and make Wall Street think they were serious, which it's very, the numbers, just the math ain't mathin', as they say. Um, mm-hmm. And then with Brian, it's just like, look, look, look what we mm-hmm. did to earn goodwill. That's my feeling. It's mm-hmm. totally cynical, but me, that's me. Um, speaking of as, as, as totally cynical, Elon Musk will have a trick-or-treat this Halloween. He's announced a show-and-tell of Neuralink progress on October 31st. He's reportedly frustrated with the slow progress of his brain-computer interface company because there really isn't a product, actually. we've talked. He and I have talked about this a lot. It's a great idea, not mm-hmm. so much in practice, and has approached his rival Synchron about a deal. Synchron's been doing a lot better. The competitor beat Neuralink to the first human trials of brain interface. This is something super interesting to Elon, putting chips in your brain. Yeah, uh, you tweeted a salon article from uh, Emil uh, P. Torres about long-termism. What do you think that has to do with all of this? It's terrifying. I think it's terrifying. It's fascinating, but it's really ultimately terrifying. And um, I think really where this, where my mind started going this morning after I read the salon piece was thinking about because Elon had also tweeted something earlier uh, in his support support of the belief structure and. Mm-hmm. I think that w- where I started to get concerned was just thinking about if Elon ends up owning Twitter mm-hmm. and then he's got Neuralink and he mm-hmm. has these beliefs, mm-hmm. you know, and he's also got Tesla and SpaceX and that this is, and they're talking about in long-termism, they're mm-hmm. looking at the, you know, transhumanism and looking right. at how to preserve humanity and how mm-hmm. to go into space and how yeah. to, and some eugenics in there. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. You know, yeah. that that's sort of a terrifying thing. And I don't I don't know enough about antitrust laws to to know if that covers anything. I mean, in terms of no. a monopoly, you know, yeah. so that we look at monopoly of, of competition. But mm-hmm. is there anybody who looks out and says, actually, it's not okay for and he is a brilliant mind for brilliant mm-hmm. mind, one of or if not the wealthiest person in the world to now mm-hmm. have access to this much human information and influence. Right. You know, right. there is no law actually, but I, you know, it's not an anti, it's like, it's not one, one is because Twitter doesn't make money. Um, mm-hmm. and it's not a real business. This is about a bigger idea. His Neuralink idea, which is still vaporware really at this point, um, is the concept of, of 
putting either putting chips in your brains in the very simplest sense, and I'm actually really dumbing it down, um, to enable you to compete with AI or creating fully. This is a guy named Bostrom, who's their yeah. inspiration from England, mm-hmm. um, who I've met many times. Um, is the idea is that we have digital minds, this this concept, which is a sci-fi concept. It's a, uh, lots of writers write about it, the idea. Some people feel that the body, it needs to be overcome, really. Mm-hmm. Like we have to go beyond the body. Yeah, but I mean, in, in a different way, it's interesting because they talk about digital minds, but you're really talking mm-hmm. about consciousness, you right. know? So mm-hmm. f- from the more woo-woo perspective, which is yeah. which is where I come from. But yeah. What yeah. did you, you what's like your- a, you, yeah. you like a good stone that's hey, emanating I, energy. I have my crystal. I've got I two so. crystals yeah, I right it. here. <laughs> you sent one to my friend Amina. Amina loves your yeah. crystals. Well, I'm, I'm a big believer, but um, yeah. Uh, so, but what what is your what's your take on Nick Bostrom? If I, uh, you know, all these people have their gurus, right? And it's just another guru kind of situation. Interesting ideas, you know, not present in sci-fi before, so nothing fresh and new in my estimation. Yeah. If you read any sci-fi, even H.G. Right. Wells, this, these ideas, not H.G. Wells in particular, or but, even Ishiguro, yeah, they all do. Even Scarlett Johansson was in one. If you remember, she went into the computer. Remember that movie that came and went? No, because she became yeah. the computer. It was anyway. Oh. There's tons of this. What was that called? That not whatever. her. Not, not the, You're not talking about not her, her right? But, no, because her was incredible. Okay. Did you like that? I did not like that. I did. I liked her a lot. Why did you like that? This was a movie by Spike Jones uh, about uh, about oh, a, a computer interface that you listen to in your ear, and it was who was it? Uh, what's his name? Joaquin Phoenix right. falls in love with the boy, the the computer interface, and then she gets bored by him essentially because right. she's so smart, right? Or she or it or whatever. Well, it I is. think it's. I think it was a. I think that it was telling us, or, or it was foreshadowing what was going to happen yeah. in our sort of with AI coming along. You think about right. that was before something like Alexa, and yeah. in a sort of strange way, Alexa is a, a pulled back version of yeah. that. And I think yeah. that we're seeing more and more as we go into the metaverse. I think that you know you look back to Second Life. You know, I'm continually. Yeah. I, I want to make a doc on Second Life actually because you I'm should. continually fascinated. fascinated by how. It it sort of came, it seems to have gone, how that was a really first example of mm-hmm. of social behavior changing so yeah. drastically yeah. from computers, you know. And people having and costumes, and cosplaying. Media. And mm-hmm. cosplaying, really. That's really what it is. And people do it whether they're dressed up in costumes and realize whatever. It's a really, it, you know, I find it... Um, when I think about her, I'll just do it pretty. I ran at Spike Jones of all places. I was on a yacht in France at Cannes, and he was there on some yacht. I forget some rich guy, and he really wanted to know what I thought. And I went, eh. I was like Larry David. I'm like, eh. and he goes, what? He goes, this is my greatest movie. And I was like, eh, okay, all right. And he goes, what are you talking about? And I said, they fall in love. Really, that's all you can come up with with a, like a sentient being who is in the cloud. Like that's right. what that's all you can think of as they take a picnic. Like, can't you get more creative? And he literally was like, "Get the fuck away from me." I was like, "Well, you asked me." I was like, "Yeah." I literally felt like Larry David. You know, okay, okay, and walked away. But speaking of real life people, Finland's prime minister, mm. uh, it's it's Sana Marin, took a drug test after leaked videos showed her partying with friends. I thought she looked great. The videos don't appear to show any drugs, and uh, uh, Marin did denies taking any, but her opponents in parliament called for her partying unbecoming and pushed for the test. It's ridiculous. She was having, a lady was having a good time, just like AOC dancing. Remember that? That drove the Republicans crazy. Yeah. I hard hard agree with you, Kara. Hard agree. So what's the problem here? What's sexism? 
What else yeah, is new? Right. Well, yeah, I mean, it's just, oh, yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, it's bullshit. It is complete bullshit. fucking bullshit, this thing, because yeah. you, if if it were a video of a male prime minister and certainly, mm-hmm. and maybe a decade older too. So I think some right. of it has to do with her youth, but mainly about the fact that she's a woman, a woman in power mm-hmm. who is also mm-hmm. owning her own, I don't want to say narrative, but she just... She's just fully herself, it seems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yes. we would never, we would we would show this video saying, how cool, this is part of the, I want to have a beer with you, yeah. you know, moment of what or happens. Possibly uncomfortable because an older man dancing is never as fun <laughs> as this one. This one was having just joy. I just was like, she's having yeah. a great time with her friends, being silly and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And the idea that she doesn't have a life outside of work is ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's incredible. Other things that happened in Finland over the past week, except for the dancing prime minister were Russian's planes were suspected of violating Finnish airspace. Finland got one step closer to joining NATO after French President Emmanuel Macron signed his country's support and Finland hit record high inflation. You'd think they could cover anything else but their dancing prime minister. Well, know. you know, when you have a chance to to uh, bash a woman, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why not? Why not? It's ridiculous. It's we both Monica and I have had it. Let her dance away. But but also too, what I think is interesting is had she had a private party in her own residence, right? Mm-hmm. Then people would have sort of and and something hadn't leaked, they would have accused mm-hmm. her of um, you know, a drug filled party on right. on government time or you know, who knows? Right. Yeah, yeah. She's not married to the government. These Finnish people no. have to lighten the fuck up. That's what I say. Anyway, speaking of dancing, I wanna wish uh, Cheryl Sandberg got married over the weekend. I know there's a lot of controversy on Cheryl, but she, her husband died many years ago and she married Tom uh, Bernthal in a ceremony in Wyoming on Saturday. She'll officially step down from her role as CEO of Meta later this year, so a whole, whole new life. But she won't vanish from the public eye. The actress Claire Foy of The Crown will play Sandberg in a new TV show about Facebook's rocky years starting in 2016. I have met with the people who are making that, so I know quite a bit about it. Sandberg was reportedly concerned about how she'd be portrayed in an upcoming film and TV project. She's said to have told one advisor, there's no scenario in which a successful businesswoman is not portrayed as a raging bitch. You know, I actually spoke with them. I didn't. I don't think that's what's happening here. And I actually went out of my way to talk to the creators of this about her. And I hope they don't do that. It's a very complex story she has. Um, not all good. Um, but what do you think about that? I, I agree. I think she'll probably get a harder time than Mark Zuckerberg every time, even though he's in charge. Yeah. I I, I hope that it's nuanced. I hope mm-hmm. that um, I... I know Cheryl a little bit personally, and she's mm-hmm. um, she's actually one of the handful of people who I think sort of powerful public people who was very kind to me early early on in the last decade. So mm-hmm. um, and that and that meant a lot to me. Uh, I can't mm-hmm. say I've certainly agreed with all the business decisions, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I I mean you it, having spoken to the people with the with the show. I mean, what's your mm-hmm. what's your feeling that you think it'll be more nuanced? Um, I hope so. That was my point. I brought them the column I wrote saying, you know, she certainly is culpable for things, problems, and this and that, and maybe cover that clearly. But the person in charge is Mark Zuckerberg. And very much, like a lot of men in power, the women tend to get most of the most of the fallout or the collateral damage around them. And that's just, it just happens over and over again. Like Elizabeth Holmes gets yeah. to jail, and not that he committed fraud, but Guess who just got $350 million? Adam Newman, right? So there's more forgiveness for men than there is for women. Certainly. But I also think, too, that Cheryl tried to do something as a powerful woman in business is that she, Mm -hmm. I think, with Lean In, with her book, I think that she tried to also bring a more human and nuanced side to Mm -hmm. the the, um, 
the archetype, I guess, if you will, of of a woman in business, and mm-hmm. that and that's in a way trying to. We've seen that with women in politics, but I think that that's mm-hmm. a, she's trying to bridge a gap there, if you will. Yeah, certainly. You know, I think and, she's, she's got to own the business side and the business yes. decisions. She's got to own them just like anybody else. But I do think, again, when it, when it come, push comes to shove, Mark is a, oh, a boy that made a mistake and she is a raging bitch. I do. I, I, and she's not. Mm-hmm. She's just, that's, she's simply not that way. Well, um, we'll I have hope to get a social network too, right? So. It's a social network too. All right. Yeah. And when, I, when that was coming out, Mark was very upset. I remember having a conversation with him and I was like, he's like, that's not, this is the way people are going to think of me. And I said, no, because you don't talk this much. <laughs> and those people, <laughs> just, the, the character, I was like, stop talking. Mark never talks that much. Um, <laughs> this is just the way it is. She's going to be a character. And by the way, Claire Foy is playing you, Cheryl. Yeah, that's a good person to play. Yeah, that is exactly, really, exactly. I would like I mean, Claire Foy to play. Who would you like to play you? Who did you have? You had, you had two I people. Have, I have, I've had Beanie, yes. Beanie Feldstein. She did that's it. Right. She did, you know, she did a really wonderful job, I think, of capturing she that did. youth she in, did. The, in my 20s yes. and the emotional yes. truth of, of that right. time period. Um, that must be so weird to have someone play. It is very weird. It's, it's a, it is a very strange, um, it's a very strange place, process. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Is. Yeah. You know, I was, ta- I met uh, one of the, the producer of White Lotus and apparently in the second season, they were going to base a character on me. He, he's a big fan of Sway and everything. And I was like, really? And then they didn't do it. And I was oh. like, damn. But they probably get like, they were going to have Laura Dern play me, I think. I think. Which I was like, what? yay. It doesn't look anything Inter- like I mean, me. she's, yeah. She, well, it wasn't me, but it was a character based. Right. Anyway. Right. Well, well, let's talk, Kara. Maybe there is a show there inspired by your Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. Holly Hunter. In the, Holly remember Hunter. broadcast news? Yeah, of course. Who does not remember broadcast news? Well, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Anyway, um, we'll see. Cheryl, congratulations on getting married. Yeah. Congratulations on turning a chapter here. Let's see what big things you can do with all your blessings, which is, includes a lot of money, some changes you can make. They really do need people to work on things like uh, abortion rights and things like that. Anyway, let's get to our first big story. It's been a week for bad men on social media. First CEO Dan Price stepped down from his post at Gravity Payments after the New York Times article. Detail a history of alleged abuses against women, including an accusation of rape. Price first drew fawning headlines. It's really irritated me at the time when he took a million dollar pay cut and set his company's minimum salary at $70,000. Since then, he's been a prolific poster on Twitter and LinkedIn, putting out messages in support of social justice and progressive politics. He's got the long hair, the sort of Jesus look. And then in another story, Meta and TikTok banned Manosphere influencer Andrew Tate. Tate is a former kickboxer and reality star and an all-around chode who went viral uh, (laughs) this year with misogynistic rants and interviews. He's been banned from Twitter since 2017 when he said that women, quote, bear some responsibility for their sexual assaults. Tate definitely gamed the TikTok algorithm to spread his content. He's a very clever man. What do you think this is evidence of? This is the first time social networks are doing something rather demonstrative in terms of that. Of course, they're getting into getting a lot of heat for it. What do you think about that? Because people like Tate and or, or Dan Price, interestingly, he's on the sort of other end of the spectrum of politics, use social media to either, you know, enhance their profiles or make money or different things like that. I think it's a good thing in some ways for right now, because it, in a way, it's a, it's a pendulum swinging the opposite way. I think it's a good thing to start to see this change because 
had more of this happened before, I think, the 2016 election, we might mm-hmm. have seen different things happening of just people trying to take control and say, okay, yes, we want to be mindful of the First mm-hmm. Amendment. But we also, we. I was thinking the other day about the fact that, like, sure, you can't yell fire in a crowded movie theater when there's not a fire. That seems like child's play now compared mm-hmm. to, to what people right. are saying and the kind of, you know, lies and fake news and propaganda that is spewed on social media. So I think the thing that is interesting to me about the Tate story is, mm-hmm. and we saw this a bit with with Donald Trump, is that the people who rise to these, like have a meteoric rise in social media, that mm-hmm. what we don't do enough of is, I think, pay attention to what does it, what is it saying about the culture? What's it saying mm-hmm. about people's underlying right. beliefs, which is what, mm-hmm. which is ultimately what social media is mapping, in my opinion. So mm-hmm. um, that's just kind of what terrifies me is that when when we we get too positive or negative, you know, enthralled with the shiny object of that of mm-hmm. the one person, it's sort of ignoring that there, are, yes, there are people who get turned on to those beliefs by the attention the person gets, but there were already people who were looking for someone who had those beliefs. And that's fucking terrifying. Fucking yes, it is. Terrifying. It is. Well, they, what they have has come out of the woodwork in terms of they were in the dark, right? Exactly. A lot of the right wing. They mm-hmm. were, you know, people are like, well, now we can see them. I'm like, I wish they'd go back to the dark because that's where they belong. And But it, it's an interesting thing because it, it it bangs up against, um, it t- in Tate's situation, by the way, he has over 4 million followers on Instagram. He ran a multi-level marketing scheme called Hustlers University 2.0 that promised students it would teach them how to earn wealth by investing in crypto, among other things. It was shut down its affiliate program last week after a ban from Meta went into effect. It's just, it's a Ponzi scheme. This guy's just a I mean, he's, he's more of a Trump kid than I think some of the yeah. other Trump kids are, you know? Yes. Yeah. If you, if yeah, you but look I think at that. He says it's performative in some ways, and he's acting out of part, which... Whatever, Stripe allegedly stopped processing payments for his business. They, 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 these get-rich-quick schemes that have been around since the beginning of time, they just get more amplification on social media. In the case of Price, it's a little more interesting is he used, allegedly used uh, like Instagram DMs, et cetera, for predation, you know, on people. Um, it's a very different side of cyberbullying, which is what Tate is doing. Um, but here, you know, he would, people would write something. He'd write something very like, lovely and something a lot of people might agree with. Women need more money or women, you know, it's wrong to be mean to women, et cetera. And then uh, they first met him after they said, oh, I really appreciate you saying that um, because, oh, here's a man who's understands kind of thing. Seemingly, yes. Um, It's really interesting, unlike bullying, um, a lot of this starts as flattery, you know, that you're great and stuff. And then, of course, he misbehaved. He's denying all of this, by the way. Um, it, it's something that really happens to a lot of women. I was watching Tinder Swindler on Netflix. Did you ever see that? I, I haven't seen that yet, no. Yeah, it's there's a million of them on, on right. Netflix. It's always like something like he was a predator, really, mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, taking their money, um, Mm-hmm. Et cetera, et cetera. How do you? I I never have had that happen to me. Have, has that happened to you? Any of this kind of stuff? Um, I've had a few people slide into my DMs, as I think mm-hmm. one says. No one slides um, into my DMs. But <laughs> nobody, nobody slides. Nobody. You're married, knocks on the Kara. Door. You're married. I get it. But they you're don't ever, woman. ever, ever before marriage. I'm just saying. But go ahead. You're right. That's fair. Um, uh, they don't even try. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know what Amanda would think about that, but. Um, uh, she, she, sl- she slid into my text when we first dated. That's oh, right. But we were okay. introduced, but we were introduced on a blind date. Anyway, um, um, so yeah. has so it happened to you? What's that it like? It has, but it hasn't been, um, 
I I don't know, maybe it says something about me. I was flattered by mm-hmm. the times that it's happened with the people with whom it's happened mm-hmm. and it didn't end up becoming creepy. So mm-hmm. um, I, I haven't had that creepy thing. But of course, women are, you know, w- women, LGBTQI groups are the most targeted online um, for both, you know, uh, visible harassment and what happens in DMs. I think a lot of times what can actually happen to some women, um, even worse than Price, even though what he's done allegedly, I think is uh, women who are informed that their uh, sexual nudes, you know, that their sort of private nudes yeah. have been exposed. That they, yep. this is yep. a lot of way that women and they get targeted by companies, reputation companies, which can or other. I don't know what I guess I call it. Reputation, you know, to pay money and have them taken down, et cetera, et cetera. So, but I think that this is um, it's an unfortunate example of of just the sort of the manipulation that we see. I mean, it happens offline, right? I mean, how many right. times have you had someone pick you up in a, I mean, I don't really go to bars, but when I was mm-hmm. younger, you'd go to a mm-hmm. bar, you'd meet somebody, you know, you'd think you're going on a date with someone pre-Google. And mm-hmm. then it turns out, you know, that they're not at all who they pretended to be. So, Never happened. Um, <laughs> I don't believe that. I do never, not believe that. Never, never. Lesbians are much better behaved. Never, never. <laughs> I have I'm a lot of lesbian you. friends. I'm gonna, and I hear oh, a lot yeah. about those relationships. I'm gonna yes, say I'm fair. not. No. There's a lot oh, of drama. They're dramatic. Drama yes. is different. Drama is different. I'm saying it never happened to me, Kara. Okay. Sure. I think people okay. are just How old were you when you first got married, though, to your first, when your first Megan, marriage? First wife. Um, I was in my 30s, in my 30s. Come on, Kara. College I, oh, Kara? Yeah, I, went out, I, I, went, I, I went out with ladies in college, but it was very pleasant, except for the drama, except for, you know, the, the typical lesbian drama. But that was because it was all hidden back then, because I'm old, Monica. So that's oh. why it was, because okay. it was all furtive. And that's that's was the damaging part of being gay back then. Right. Now, I don't know what it would be like now. Honestly, I don't. I, I just keep getting married, yeah. is what happens to me. <laughs> anyway, um, and having children. That's all I keep doing. Hey, you and Elon. So Elon, um, <laughs> that's right. We share the idea that we should have many children. I don't. I'm not having ten children like him. Although I probably would. I probably would. Anyway, uh, in any case, it's a really interesting thing that the companies are starting to crack down on this stuff. Very visible with visible people like um, like Tate, for example. I, they never would have done that a couple of years ago. They just wouldn't have. Um, and he also cherry picked. He stayed on Instagram and Facebook long after he's removed from Twitter. Same thing Alex Jones did. Um, he kept on Twitter and then he was banned and then he was banned elsewhere. They they like to play games. These people. But I I like that they're doing it. It's it, I was arguing with someone. They said the First Amendment. I said, it's like a restaurant. You can't be an asshole in a restaurant. It's an asshole thing, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want you in our place of business. And I think that's, a, to explain it like that is a lot better than you don't get to talk. Right, um, so. right. I know, I agree. I agree. Uh, all right, Monica, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, we'll be talking about the latest on the Trump investigation, and we'll take a listener question about regulating social media. Monica, we're back with the latest on the Trump investigation. Speaking of uh, double talk, et cetera, triple talk, quadruple talk, <laughs> political parties continue to spar over the search of Mar-a-Lago while pundits weigh in on the impact on the midterms. A new poll from NBC found that a majority of voters think the Trump investigation should continue. However, the same poll found that a similar majority think that America's best days are behind it. One person, that's always the case with Americans. And it's, and it's not mutually exclusive. Yeah, you know, right, right exactly, things. yeah. One person who might not be looking forward, lame duck representative Liz Cheney. 
She said last week she's seeing no evidence that the Mar-a-Lago search was politically motivated. Meanwhile, her colleague Dan Crenshaw took the opposite tack, saying there was no evidence that Trump was asked to return the top secret documents. This is not true. I feel bad for Dan Crenshaw, who sort of stepped out Liz Cheney style and then stepped right back in after he got attacked. Uh, Here's what he told Jake Tapper. It was a very bad performance on his part, by the way. It's hard to justify what the Department of Justice did here. I still haven't seen any evidence that he was even at, that Trump was even asked to give these documents back. He's been cooperating with them on these issues for a while now, for months. I think it's going to look bad. There's Obviously, they were in negotiations with them. Every, all the reporting shows that. I feel bad for Dan Crenshaw. It's, it, I don't know if the question has been asked and just no Republican has answered it. But in terms of the mm-hmm. people who think that this is political or was an extreme measure, I I, no one has listed at what point would it have been okay? What was the mm-hmm. step that they think the DOJ should have taken that they mm-hmm. hadn't already taken? And that's right, what right. sort of baffles me. I mean, this mm-hmm. is, if you think about that, even from January when those 15 boxes were returned to August, that's eight months. It should, mm-hmm. If it were either of us, it would have been oh, eight right. hours, if not eight, eight minutes, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, this is just fucking bullshit. It is. But it's true. His, he has, and of course, Trump is taking full advantage of this. He's of shifting defense so far, and it's changed. They're going to plant evidence, or they did plant evidence. Everyone brings work home, and these documents were declassified. No one sees any evidence of that. We're working with the government on returning the documents. We've been doing that. The documents protected by attorney-client privilege. He just has one after the next. It's uh, right. crazy. And he's going to release I, videos. He's not going to release videos. Whatever. But it's, it's just the continued circus, you know? And I, mm-hmm. I think what just feels... I don't know how you feel about it, but what feels Mm -hmm. um, frightening to me about all of this Mm -hmm. is that it's like we were supposed to be turning the page on Donald Trump Mm -hmm. by electing Mm -hmm. Biden. And and here we Mm -hmm. are. He still, you know, feels above the fold front page news. You know, he does. and that yeah. well, and he does that control is control the Republican Party in many yes, ways. Right? I know, but I mean, I I wonder. Do you feel like it's just that Mitch McConnell thinks he's effective, or do you think that there's like he has something on Mitch McConnell? No, I think that 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 they. You know, it's they don't think he's going to get worse, and then he does. Like, he, why should he change? I, at this point, I don't even blame him. He is what he, he's doing exactly what he's done on every one of these things, whether it's mm-hmm. making fun of people with disabilities or, um, right. you know, the Russia stuff, which is not a hoax. There's a lot going on. Parts of it were overwrought, but other parts, very clearly, Russia is trying to destabilize this country um, and using Trump as the vehicle. Um, you know, this tribalism in American politics, I think they think that he was going to fade away. That's what's troubling about it. I think they thought they could handle him. And you, we've heard that before with Hitler, with lots of people, lots of autocrats. Oh, we can handle him. Um, and yeah. they can't handle him. They can't. Why? He, he's, he lies like he breathes. And so he's not going to change. I saw John Favreau over the weekend, and he was making the point mm-hmm. that there's going to have to be a moment where the Republicans who are going to want to challenge him for 24 are mm-hmm. going to have to say that the election was legitimate. Otherwise, why wouldn't Republicans vote for Trump? Like someone like mm-hmm. DeSantis, you know, and I thought that was mm-hmm. a very interesting point. So I, I don't know, mm-hmm. maybe we're just playing a time game um, and that soon we're going to have to see that more. I, I I don't know. What do you think? I think the priceless Cheney paid is exactly the price you pay for this kind of thing, right? Again, someone I don't agree with, but nonetheless has stuck with it and is going to continue. Mike Pence seems to be quietly 
trying to undermine Donald Trump over here. I might testify. I, of course, gave back my documents. It is wrong to attack the FBI. He's doing it in the most loud way compared to most of them, which is a surprise to me because he was the most obsequious suck up that seen yep. for the many years. And now he's sort of he's the most counter. And yet uh, it's of- but it's all political. Right. So, right. I mean, yeah. that's mm-hmm. I, at least I feel in some ways and I, I think. Liz Cheney deserves credit for how she's mm-hmm. um, run, you know, worked on the January 6th committee. I think that I I, w- I was very dismissive of that before it started. Mm-hmm. And I've been incredibly impressed with what they've done. Yep. And, and um, but I think that it is at least that feels about our democracy and less political mm-hmm. in some ways. And whereas yeah. it, anybody who's who wants to be a candidate in 24, mm-hmm. it's just political. It doesn't yeah. quite feel about the democracy in the same way. So well, they do want to live. I, 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 my money's on someone like Liz Cheney. She's never given up. She's just not given up. She's a persistent woman. She's a very interesting journey. Well, you know, even if you disagreed with her, she, her right. journey has been, you know, but I, I think most of these men just want to hold on to power. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Anyway, now we're going to get to a listener question. You've got, you've got, I can't believe I'm going to be a mailman. You, you, you've got mail. Uh, This one comes from Matt via email. I'll read it. It's perfect for you, Monica. Do either of you think there needs to be a regulatory body to evaluate the physical and mental health effects of new technologies apart from the Food and Drug Administration? After the revelations of Instagram's negative, if not lethal, impact on mental health, I wonder what other technologies, platforms, etc. may be doing the equivalent harm as that of tobacco or other highly regulated and scrutinized products. Best, Matt. Monica, you did a whole documentary. What do you think about this? I agree a bajillion percent with Matt. So I, I think that we are behind um, in having some sort of body, governmental body that is examining these things, both not only being a, aware of what's happening and what um, I think what's being developed and how that's coming out and how things are changing or being used in different ways too, but also how to communicate um, best practice. So I, I, I felt this way uh, in general, I feel this about mental health. I wrote a piece last year for Vanity Fair advocating for a counterpart to Dr. Fauci of uh, for, for mental health during the pandemic, that there was nobody who was telling us the best practices for our mental health during that por- point, you know, so um, and that we and that that's actually going to be I think we're going to continue to see difficulties that are coming out of uh, as we as we slowly roll out of the pandemic, um, you know, the damage. Yeah, it is. not. I, I you know, I did an interview with Mark, uh, Mark Benioff, and he talked about them like cigarette companies. That's how he many years ago, which I thought was interesting. I, I, I would say that I don't not sure if I want a government administration to do this, but there are bills in Congress of algorithmic transparency and what's happening and the product choices they make. You know, I just was talking with Francis Haugen yesterday, um, who is the mm. Facebook whistleblower. Yeah. And the things that are here are different from what's happening back here was her point. And the, the design choices, how they make it needs to be much more transparent so you understand what goes into it and what the results are. And so algorithms, transparency and data transparency of what happens and how they move people. You know, if you're looking up healthy recipes, how you get to pro-anorexia sites and things right. like that. Or bullying, same thing, how you get yeah. from one place to the next. But I also think too, just, you know, you're sort of mentioning the recipes that I think transparency, I think that that is helpful to an intelligent population. People who, mm-hmm. were, once we've had more transparency about ingredients, people who care right. about health have now stopped using products, but that doesn't mean that there the are whole like, system. that right. still, you know, 20 ounce sodas and, and all of those things. So I think just though, going back to the 
government body of that, and this was in 15 minutes of shame, is that we went, Mm -hmm. you know, talking, looking at Australia. So because Mm -hmm. the Australia has a um, a really wonderful program that has been developed by, you know, and is funded by the government that Mm -hmm. is looking at these issues that you know came out of, um, I think, child protection laws online. So I think that they're while they're looking more at harassment and protecting people online more. I do think that there, maybe not our government, but there can be ways government gets involved. Yeah. So mental health, one hundred. Mm-hmm. There's such a, a an anathema for we're talking about mental health, you know, on a governmental yeah. level. One of the stumbling blocks is that we're not a very preventative society, and mm-hmm. so I think that 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 the whole thing of focusing on mental health um, mm-hmm. really is is about being more preventative of what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's um, mm-hmm. just even sometimes, you know, the the simple example you think of someone who's suffering living on the streets, you know, mm-hmm. to acknowledge their dignity for a mm-hmm. moment could, could impact them not l- lashing out later, you know, at someone mm-hmm. else on the street. I don't, I'm not sure it's a good example. No, no but. it's 100%. One of the things that's interesting about that is if you start to study, it, look, we all know magazines and movies uh, impacted how we women, for example, feel about themselves. You know, they're, they're the messages coming through. There was a great movie um, about gay people of how they're portrayed in the media and places. Mm-hmm. And what we couldn't make the links between those, you can see them, and it's not anecdotal, but you can see gay people are all horrible or they're predators or they kill themselves, et cetera, or women are this way or they want to have a man this way, whatever the messages media is sending you or the big magazines that, you know, fashion magazines that make everybody feel ugly, essentially, because they don't look like that. We, We understand that on a very visceral level. Now we can prove it like with online, right? Now we can, so now why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to see that data and how it affects people? But, you know. I think they don't want people to see it, these mm-hmm. companies, because it's more damaging. And we're not, I think if it was done that we don't blame them for it, but then like, what are the best practices they can use in design is something that would be very important. Matt, this is a great question. Anything else, Monica, last last word? No, I just think we it would be great if we could um, find ways to kind of bake in better mental health practices into, mm-hmm. into technology, into social right. media. Mm-hmm. So yes, I agree. Good question, Matt. I'm using a bunch of different new devices. There's one called Apollo. It puts on your leg and it hums at you. And I feel better. Okay, yeah, because I've been thinking about that because I do somatic therapy. And so that's supposed to help your vagus nerve. I guess. I don't know. I just feel better. It's like yeah. someone touching your hair. You know how you feel better? My, yeah. My, da- my daughter always fixes my hair and I'm always uh-huh. happy. When it's just, I don't know what it is. There's something like the nerve endings and it's just going like this. It's- Even things like color. You know, so certain colors can lead you to a mood or to a Mm -hmm. state, but activating different parts of your brain from color Mm -hmm. or font or those kinds of things. Yeah, technology can do all this in in a good way. Happy technology. All right, Monica, one more quick break. Matt, thanks for your question. We'll be back for predictions. Okay, Monica, let's hear some predictions. Uh, Do you got any? 
Well, yes, a few. So as a okay. fan of the Pivot podcast, I my first prediction is that you, Kara, will not make a prediction. Um, <laughs> that is a good prediction. My prediction is I think that we will see a lot of Gen Xers going to AMC theaters to see Grease, that they are re-releasing in the theater as uh, in tribute <laughs> to Olivia Newton-John. And having been embarrassingly in kindergarten when Grease was out, I was obsessed uh-huh. with that, which probably should have been a first alarm that there was something wrong with me. That <laughs> there <laughs> isn't. It's a wonderful six movie. Year, yes, but it, you know, like six years old, I'm not sure that's the, but whatever. Yeah, that's not appropriate. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah, so, but I was obsessed with that film. And um, so I, I think it's great that it's out there. And I think- Wait, are you Sand- are, are you Sandy or Rizzo? Yeah, I, Sandy. I mean, that was sort of, but I think that this might not surprise a lot of people. Uh, I think I was more Sandy at the end. Like, I really actually mm-hmm. was more Sandy throughout the movie, but I wanted to be Sandy mm-hmm. at the end. So I have therapy after this, so I'm going to discuss that with my therapist. Yes. Okay. So wearing that outfit she wore, I was horrified. Yeah. I was shocked by oh that Oh my outfit. God. I, I was like, go back to Sandy. No, no, I loved that outfit and the curly hair and the red lipstick <laughs> and the sort of, you know. Um, and, yeah. But also, I, I think I identified with just even you think, remember back those first moments where she's sort of like, you know, teetering in the heels and not yeah. quite sure yeah, of yeah. how to embody that identity. That's how yeah. I sort of feel trying to. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think happened to them after they drove up in the car into the into the clouds, essentially. That, I would like after Greece. That's a like, great idea. Um, I know. There you go, Monica, for your exactly, production. After exactly. Greece. What happened? Um, I think that they probably, they either- Broke up. You think, I think eventually they broke up because that happened so much to high yeah. school sweethearts. Um, right, and yeah. he sort of discovered she was wearing a push-up bra and, you know, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Was, uh, yeah. But I, I also, I, in a, in a serious prediction way, I do. Um, I'm very curious to see what's going to happen if they release part of the memo, um, the DOJ mm-hmm. memo. Yeah. With David. The, yeah. David. So I think that that's. I, I feel torn because I'm curious, but I also feel that part of the tacit agreement we make in having these kinds of things be um, classified or redacted not redacted, but mm-hmm. it's um, under seal, is that it's, yeah. you know, it's trying to protect People certain amounts of information, you know, so that's, yeah, well, you know, I suffered with leaks, right? These are right, exactly, exactly. Proceedings. So I think that there there is an element with all of this where I think, and and how I felt with some of WikiLeaks and, and those other things that, um, you know, I get to wake up every morning and not worry about all the threats, not, not knowing about all the yeah. threats that are out in the world, but that comes with having to right. trust the government that, you know, they're going to mm-hmm. classify and keep secret different things that um, to do that. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. It'll be, they'll spin it no matter what. But back to Sandy, back to Sandy. After <laughs> yeah. Greece, you know what? We'll, we'll have Clara watch it with you. Okay. Guess what we watched uh, this weekend, Beauty and the Beast, and then the live action one, which was quite good, actually. The live action one was very good. yeah. Have frozen? Of course. Are you kidding? You know what I use it for? I'll tell you, people hate that Let It Let It Go song, although it's I you know, very much like song. the Wicked song. It's a mm-hmm. great song. Like, forget it. It's like the Wicked song, the one that's in Wicked, the same yep. similar kind of song. Um, but I use it now because she's potty training and I sing it to her every morning when I'm trying to get her to pee. I go, let it flow, let it flow. <laughs> and she thinks it's hysterical. And then she literally pees on cue. It's oh my the best God. thing ever. Thank you, Disney. 
Thank you, Bob Iger. That's I know. amazing. <laughs> you can use it anytime you need to. You need that. Okay. Anyway, Monica, this is a, that's a great prediction. I will not make a prediction. You're right, but you're playing Scott, and I have to say, a much more charming version of him. Oh in, well, in, thank you. Anyway, Monica, thank you so much. And I'm going to read us out. Thank you for your questions. We want to hear from you. Send us your questions about business tech or whatever's on your mind. Go to nymag.com slash pivot to submit a question for the show or call 855-51-PIVOT. Monica, that is the show as usual. You're a classy dame, as I always Aww. say. Thank you, Kara. Classy dame. Love seeing you. Love seeing you. And I'll see you in Los Angeles soon. We'll be back on Friday for more. Today's show was produced by Lara Naiman, Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie Enderdot engineered this episode. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business. And again, Monica, thank you very much. <laughs>